Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we're going to be talking about the Wildcats' win over Ohio last Friday. We're also going to be previewing Kentucky basketball's game against Albany later on tonight. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, co-host of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 and Fox Sports Central Alabama, also writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things. But on this episode specifically, we're going to be taking a dive into all things Kentucky Athletics. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Want to remind everybody to please subscribe and follow to the podcast to get notified whenever the next episode of Locked On Kentucky comes out. Today's show brought to you by Sonos. Sonos is the official sponsor of ESPN College Football. Go to Sonos.com to learn more. All right, so Kentucky victors over the Ohio Bobcats last weekend or excuse me last Friday 77 to 59 was the final score it was I came into I came into the game if you listen to Friday's episode complaining about the way the offense operated and I said specifically that the way that Kentucky was was shooting inside the arc taking these mid-range jumper jumpers was not a good idea and it was not going to be sustainable especially when SEC play got here so I advocated for more looks in the paint, and then more threes taken, and less two-point mid-range jumpers. And then Keon Brooks Jr. Uh, apparently listened to the podcast. I don't know if he did. I'm just kidding. But he, he apparently listened, and uh, he had five or six different mid-range pull-up jumpers go, finished the game with 22 points, eight rebounds, nine of 18 from the floor, did not make a three. But Keon Brooks Jr., that's what I wanted to start off with. Keon Brooks Jr., was uh was was doing everything that I said Kentucky shouldn't do on offense. So I was wrong on that. I will say something I was right on though, close to, I guess, close to is the uh the final score in this game was 77 to 59 like I mentioned before. I believe I predicted 75 to 60. So uh, I was not I was not very off there. Oscar Shebway got in foul trouble early, was called for two fouls within the first minute of the game sending him to the bench uh for the rest of the half. It was also for for Ohio a very hot start as they uh, I believe at one point were were up twenty to twelve and they were just shooting the lights out. So leading off here, something that you need to know about the recap about this game is Keon Brooks Jr. was uh, was doing everything he could to prove me wrong on Friday night, and then Ohio uh, was shooting the basketball very well early on in this game. Of course, we'll get to what happened later on in the game. But Ohio got to the basket really easily in the first half. They got into their sets. They were shooting the ball also early occasionally in in the shot clock. They were shooting threes. They were just knocking them down. Kentucky did not do what I said was going to be really important in this game, which was apply pressure on Ohio. And even when Kentucky did opt to apply pressure, Ohio stretched the defense out and uh, they, they, Ohio would move the ball around, find an open shooter, and they would knock down a three. It was really, really tough to guard Ohio for the first, I don't know, 30 minutes of the game uh, against Kentucky on Friday night. They were just knocking down shots. They were just being, they were being very disciplined 
They were just really, really good. This was an NCAA tournament team last season, again with Jason Preston. I was talking about him last Friday, talking about how important he was to the team and how they're operating really as a whole now without him leading them both offensively and defensively. But it was a it was a 40 to 38 lead for Kentucky at half. And it looked like at the beginning of the second half that it was going to continue to be a back and forth game. Because I believe after the first timeout, Kentucky was only up by two. But after that, uh, Kentucky started to move in the ball a little bit up and down the court pretty quickly. Got a couple of fast break uh, buckets. And then uh, at that point, it really felt it felt similar to the Mount St. Mary's game. And the fact that Kentucky was just like, we're we're the more talented team. You're not going to shoot 50% from the floor forever. Uh, We're we're taking over this game. Ty Ty Washington was really, really good in this game, especially in the second half. Finished with 20 points, 11 rebounds, 5 assists, 8 of 15 from the floor. He was one of six from three, and that's probably the biggest downfall, his biggest downfall in this game. But man, Ty Ty continuing to do what I thought he was going to do uh, heading into this game, which is create offense on his own in the paint, shooting threes. Really talented freshman, exciting to see, excited to uh, see what he's doing forward. But so he was the catalyst offensively, I feel like. Again, Oscar Shibway, not really a factor in this game, was not a factor in the first half, had no points, 10 rebounds, and an assist, only shot three, uh, three field goal attempts. But it was the defense for Kentucky that really stepped up in the final 10 minutes of the game, but specifically in the final five minutes of the game. Kentucky held Ohio to only two points in the last five minutes of the contest, where, where at that point... Kentucky had a little bit of a lead, like they were starting to pull away, but the defense really clamped down to make sure that that Ohio was not coming back. It was really, really impressive. Like I I believe at one point, Kentucky, they had a 66 to 54 uh, lead at the under eight timeout. And then the final score was 77 to, to 59. So Kentucky really pulled away there in the, in the, in the, in the waning minutes of that matchup clamped down, it was really, really impressive to see after after a few games where Kentucky was was just letting teams do what they want offensively. They let Duke do what they want. They let Mount St. Mary's do what they want for about a half. And uh, it was nice to see this team actually clamp down a little bit defensively and, and make their presence known on that end because I still am of the belief that Kentucky can't shoot jumpers every single time down the floor and expect to win a basketball game. Again, I, I am going to continue to harp on this until Southeastern Conference play gets here. I'm going to continue to reiterate this because I cannot stress how important it is, and I believe, I truly believe it's going to be important whenever it gets here. You cannot make mistakes as often as Kentucky is on offense in Southeastern Conference play. It was a bloodbath last year. It's going to be a bloodbath this year. And I truly believe that taking so many jumps is going to be a detriment moving forward. You're going to end up playing a team that has size inside, has some length, and can defend that easily. It's going to become a problem. You look at teams like Florida, Auburn, Tennessee, Mississippi State, Alabama, they are going to be able to either outshoot you or they are going to be able to defend you because two point again, 
statistically, I've talked about this so much on the show, analytically, two-point jumpers are not good shots. You've got to be able to find different ways to run your offense. Nine of 18 shooting layups and two-pointers for Keon Brooks Jr., that's honestly not that good. 50% 50% from the floor, but you should be shooting you should be shooting layups if you're going to be taking 18 field goal attempts. You should be taking more more layups because you're not going to shoot 9 of 18 every single time you step out onto the court. Again, especially whenever it comes to these more difficult opponents. You are in a stretch right now where you have the freedom to do that against teams like Ohio, Robert Morris, Mount St. Mary's, Ohio. These are teams that you can do that against. Because you're more talented, and again, eventually talent wins out whenever whenever Kentucky's playing. You're not going to be able to do it against teams like uh, all, all the teams I mentioned. I'm not going to reiterate myself. Point being, I still am frustrated with the way that this offense is working, and I want to see it continue to improve. Also, one more thing that I'm frustrated with before we start to break down and preview Kentucky's game against Albany later tonight. I am frustrated with the way that Kentucky fans are just not showing up to uh, to games. You go you watch it on SEC network whenever they pan to the crowd, it'll be the beginning of a basketball game and the stadium is not full. It doesn't have to be full against these non-conference opponents, but it's 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 to a point where it's just like, okay, sure, not every single seat is going to be filled against Ohio, but you you should you should expect such a loyal fan base to, to appreciate what's going on right now, the fact that there is tr- clearly a resurgence after what was just a pitiful year last season, you would like to expect fans actually showing up. And I'm not calling out anybody specifically that's listening right now that maybe, that maybe is not, has not gone. I'm just saying, man, it would be nice if, if there was a little bit more fan support. It would be nice. Not saying that it's terrible yet. I'm just saying that I'm just kind of kind of shocked at the way that people are just simply not showing up to games this year. Again, not calling out anybody in particular. It's just it's just an observation I've made watching the broadcast on SEC Network. All right, before we get to the preview of Kentucky versus Albany, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Prize Picks. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I absolutely love Prize Picks, and I know that you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world right now, and they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid majors you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. All of the users that make a deposit using promo code LOCKED ON will receive a 100% instant dep- deposit match up to $100. Again, just be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. You can pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. It's that simple. Price Picks also allows mixed sport entries, which means you can take the over on maybe Will Levis passing yards, and you can take the under on Keon Brooks points in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on the App Store and Google Play. Injuries can be made within 60 seconds or less. It's really just that simple, guys. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. You do not want to hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. 
All right, so Kentucky taking on Albany later tonight. I believe the game is at 8 o'clock Central Time. Albany is currently 0-4 on the year. Opened the season with a loss to uh, Towson. Then they uh, lost to LaSalle. Then they lost to Harvard. And then they lost to Eastern Kentucky. And honestly, this is uh, this might be the worst team that Kentucky has faced up until this point, which is great because now they can figure out how to how to operate an offense without shooting two point jumpers every time down the floor. I know that I'm I'm harping on that a lot. It's not that not that big of a deal. If if honestly, if Kentucky's knocking them down, they're knocking them down. I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna complain about it way too much. So you know, it's it is what it is. But let's take a look at some of the efficiency numbers for Albany. Let's take a look at some of the players that we should be that we should be keeping an eye on. All right, so their average possession length on offense is 17.7 seconds. We've seen like team, teams like this before already. It's 233rd nationally. It's uh, just a little bit over the average possession length in D1. So uh, it's a, they they hold on to the ball about average. Their uh, efficiency rating, however, adjusted efficiency according to KimPom.com is 89.8, which is 334th nationally. And that is no bueno. That is that is bad. Honestly, that that is probably the worst that Kentucky is going to face this year. I've not looked at the uh, adjusted efficiency numbers for the rest of Kentucky's non-conference slate, but I can almost guarantee Albany currently has the worst offense that Kentucky is going to face this season. They average 59 points a game. So there's that. Their effective field goal percentage is 44.2. It's 271st nationally. Their turnover percentage... 23.8% of their possessions, they're turning the ball over. It's almost a fourth of the time. Albany comes down the court, turning the ball over. And again, it's not like these are great teams that they've played. They've not played a top 25, much less a power six school so far this season. Again, it's Townsend, LaSalle, Harvard, and Eastern Kentucky. All relatively average to slightly less than average mid-major schools. So not only are they playing bad on the offensive end, but they're playing bad against... Pretty bad competition, making 27% of their threes. They're shooting 45.6% from the floor. Those numbers compared to Kentucky are abysmal. So they're not they're not necessarily shooting well from three at all, but they're take they're not really taking a lot of threes. Only 25% of their total points comes from three pointers. Most of it comes from two pointers. It's just offensively, you look up and down the floor. It's not it's not very good. You you look at some of the players that you you could be looking at. Aaron Reddish, Devondre Perry, Trey Hutchinson, Jamel Horton. Those are some of the guys that you could, could potentially uh, be looking at. Reddish is currently shooting 33% from three. Trey Hutchinson is probably one of the better three-point shooters. He's shooting 41% from three. Matt Cerruti, averaging 12 points a game. He's shooting 52.9% from three. So those are some of the guys that you could potentially be looking at as uh, offensively. Those those are the guys you, you could potentially be looking at as threats. But I don't think that they are offensively going to be able to do a whole lot against Kentucky because let's look at some of Kentucky's defensive uh, numbers here. Now that they have they have played a relatively solid Ohio team that that knows how to shoot the basketball, and that was proven for about thirty minutes of the game. So Kentucky's adjusted defensive efficiency is 90.6, which is almost inside the top 25. That's 27th nationally. But their average possession length, and this is something that I've harped on, and I'm looking at it now, and there's numbers to back it up. 
Their average possession length for Kentucky on defense is 18.3 seconds, 314th nationally. Kentucky does not put pressure on the ball. They do not cause turnovers. That's also reflected in their turnover turnover percentage. They only get teams to turn the ball over 16% of the time. That's 298th nationally. That's disgustingly terrible. So Kentucky has has not allowed teams to score very often on them so far this season. But what they've done is they have allowed teams to just kind of do what they want. Teams have come in against the Wildcats, and they're just like, we're going to pull in Ohio. We're going to shoot some threes. We are, we're Mount St. Mary's. We're just going to try and get a lot of really good looks inside. We're Duke. We're going to do whatever. It doesn't matter what you do. We're still going to score on you. And Kentucky's just kind of been, yeah, okay, sure. We'll let you work it around. And if you knock it in, you knock it in. And if you don't, then we're going to beat you. And I don't like, I don't necessarily think that that's the the style of play Kentucky is going for, but it's the play that they've had, and I don't like it. I, I, it's just straight up. I don't I don't like that style of defense. I like putting putting pressure on the ball, causing a little chaos, trying to get teams out of a rhythm. And it does it did look like at, at times last night that even whenever Kentucky elected to do that. They uh they did not have a lot of success. So Kentucky, just looking at the raw efficiency numbers, I mean, they're good. Teams aren't shooting well against them. Only 45.9% from the floor, only 28.2% from deep. The average is 33%. But he is shooting average, and Kentucky is averaging, uh, holding teams under the average there. So so Kentucky, efficiency-wise, should be able to do what they want in this game. Just kind of, just, even if, if they don't apply pressure, I think they're just going to hold Albany to to some really, really low numbers. And I think that the defense is going to have their way in this game. Oscar Sheba was not necessarily a factor last game, again, because he got in foul trouble early. But if he doesn't get in foul trouble early this time, he should be a presence inside because, again, like I mentioned just a minute ago, this Albany offense... Is probably going to try and get some looks inside. They cannot shoot the three incredibly well. They've got a couple players that can do it, but they've not been scoring at high volumes. They're probably going to look inside. Look at Damian Collins. Look at Bryce Hopkins. Look at Allen. Look at Keon Brooks. Keon Brooks, I mean, if he's going to continue to shoot the way that he did, I'm not a fan of it, but if he's going to continue to shoot the way that he did and he's going to play the way that he played defense, he had a couple of blocks, I believe, against Ohio. Then, uh, then I, I I like him being one of my my rim protectors at six foot seven. Even though it's not the tallest guy in the world, I'll take him. I will certainly take him. So that's a look at the defense, and we are going to talk about what Kentucky may potentially do on offense. How they are going to just tear uh, Albany apart in just a second. But before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you're missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it does not taste like one. You have to try one of these amazing bars yourself to believe it. Most protein bars are chalky, waxy, or just plain hard to choke down, but Built Bar is soft, covered in 100% real chocolate, and when you bite into it, you know you're eating something different. It's more of an experience, one that you'll enjoy. In fact, you'd swear you're eating a candy bar. Built Bars are low in carb, low in calorie, low in fat, low in sugar, and high in protein, so you get all the healthy benefits on top of Built Bars just being purely delicious. And they have so many different flavors for, to choose from. They've got coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, my favorite, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. This month, 
Built is coming out with new limited time flavors every three to four days, so check their website often. You do not want to miss out. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. All right, wrapping up the Monday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms. But wrapping up the the, uh, the show here, just previewing what Kentucky's probably going to do to uh, offensively to to Albany uh, here, and then we'll give a final score prediction. Just want to go ahead and give you a hint: it's not going to be very good for Albany in this game. They're they're probably going to get shredded. So you look at Kentucky's offensive efficiency; they are eleventh nationally. One hundred and twelve point oh is the adjusted efficiency rating that KimPom.com gives Kentucky. The D one average between offense and defensive efficiencies, whenever you add them together, is ninety nine point six, and Kentucky. On offense, 112. 112. That's really, really good so far this season. Their effective effective field goal percentage is 53.5. Their offensive rebounding is really what has kept them in a lot of different games. Even without Shibwe, they uh, they were able to uh, to get some offensive boards. 48.2% of the time, whenever Kentucky misses a basket, they are getting an offensive rebound. That is third nationally, third best in the nation. And that is really important to note whenever you look at the way that they run their offense on film. And it's something that I've talked about before. Severe Wheeler getting into the paint, looking for guys to distribute to, or looking to take the ball in himself and shoot. And if he's not able to get anything going, it's not necessarily a panic moment for him. Because he can, in fact, kick it out for an extra shot or kick it out for a two-point jumper. And even if, he, even if somebody misses that, Kentucky is, uh, is crashing the boards and they're, they're getting things uh, still to go offensively inside. They're also shooting 86% from the free throw line, which is fifth nationally. Really hope that number, not, it's not going to stay at 86% throughout the entire season, but I would love to see that number continue to stay high. Those are the things that Kentucky does well. They're efficient. They they rebound the ball offensively well. Their effective field goal percentages are good. And then on top of that, they uh they they they, they knock down their free throws whenever they're getting put on the line. Albany, on the other hand, is not like it, it's not bottom of the barrel terrible in those categories, but their adjusted defensive efficiency is 101.6. That's 219th nationally. Their uh effective field goal percentage. They allow teams to shoot 50.5% from the floor. That's slightly above the Division I average at 49.2. They uh, don't let teams shoot very good, well from the free-throw line, but that's, that's, uh, that's not in Albany's control. They just play, like I mentioned way earlier in the show, they just play bad opponents that don't know how to knock down free-throws. It's just the way it is. If you're playing LaSalle in Eastern Kentucky, you're probably going to have average defensive numbers because even if you're just absolutely terrible, I mean, teams are not going to be able to do a whole lot against you. The most important statistic that I think that fans should be aware of heading into this matchup is Albany's two-point percentage they allow their opponents to shoot, which is 53.4%. Now, that is not absolutely terrible, but it is bad. That's 266 nationally. Let's throw the national perspective out of this number 
and let's just look at the the Division One average, not where teams rank nationally, but the Division One average. On average, teams shoot forty nine percent from two. That's the D one average, and then Albany is allowing teams to shoot about four percent higher than that, four point four percent higher than that, fifty three point four. And you look at Kentucky, while they may be shooting decently well in both the three and uh, they may be shooting the three and the two very well decently to very well I think it's really important to note that Albany does not know how to guard things inside I think that it might not necessarily be an Oscar Shibway flex game but if he can stay out of foul trouble Keon Brooks Oscar Shibway severe Wheeler getting to the basket that could tell the tale in this game I think there's going to be a lot of twos taken in this matchup. I think Oscar Shibway is going to return to form. He's going to get a bucket after having no points uh, against Ohio, which was shocking. I mean, e- even if you get two fouls early, I mean, only taking three field goal attempts, it's just, it was just out of the ordinary after seeing what had happened for the first few games. But yeah, I expect Ty Ty, Wheeler, Shibway, Brooks to all try, Davion Mintz to all try and see if they can get some things working inside. Let's get to the rim, and this is going to be a game where it's like, okay, for me, let's let Kentucky shoot some of those two-point jumpers because, again, Albany statistically doesn't guard it well. KenPom.com thinks that Kentucky is going to win this game 80-54. to I think Kentucky is going to win this game 86-59. to I think that Albany is going to uh, not be able to hold back Kentucky, especially on the glass. And I think that Kentucky just kind of does what they've done on defense so far this year, which is just kind of let teams do what they want. And Albany is not very good at doing much of anything on the offensive side of the floor. So yeah, 86-59 to is the final score prediction there. And that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked On Kentucky. We are going to recap Kentucky's game against Albany. Again, that's happening tonight at 8 o'clock. And we're also going to be kind of briefly previewing Kentucky football's matchup with Louisville because Louisville has a quarterback by the name of Malik Cunningham that terrifies me. And I am not looking forward to this matchup one bit for Kentucky football at the uh, at the end of this week. But that's going to do it for today's show. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnUK. You can follow me on Twitter at DawPound, D-A-W-E-P-O-U-N-D. Please make sure to subscribe and follow the podcast so that you get notified whenever the next episode comes up. I will see you tomorrow, everybody. Go Wildcats, and God bless. 